It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. Quickly, I managed to go watch them like a more an evening in the morning. Um, but I did skip bits, but you know, it's all um, uh, it's all you know, nice, easily digestible professional wrestling, which is really what New Japan need to do right now. They don't need to do anything heavy, though there are some heavy bits of storyline developing through this tournament. Um, so what do you think of the tournament so far, John? Because I don't really, really write a wrap up. What's your thoughts on the whole thing that you watched so far? Well, I keep changing like MVP of the tournament because people keep having like really big moments. Like originally, I was just like, "Yep, Hiromu Takahashi's stealing the show," then it's Yotsuji is stealing the show on I by <laughs> accident. Then it was Tai Chi because he toppled Tanahashi. Now, as we'll get on with the shows, someone has popped. Into the fold, who I didn't even consider at first. Oh, I wonder who that is. Mm. They're finally living up to their name, and I cannot wait to <laughs> see what happens next. Yeah, this, right. this <laughs> kind of felt perfect, hasn't it? Well, not perfect, but you know what I mean? It, it came along at the right time, because people are starting to clamour New Japan again. They put on some really good shows, some really great matches, some really weird finishes to keep people Yeah. From... With the limitations of the people they could use, because obviously you don't have Jay White, Juice Robinson, Bandle Farley. There's a couple of us, three or four big names they just can't use because they can't get them into the country. So they had to go with who was available. And that went the reason why it's so junior heavy, but it's given the juniors such an opportunity to shine against heavyweights. And honestly, this is the first time you've had serious big name wins for junior heavyweights, not just one. Like Devitt got big name wins for juniors. Um, you know, uh, Osprey obviously has, but this is the first time like two or three junior heavyweight wrestlers have had big name wins against serious competition in a tournament. Because it just doesn't happen. Because you just don't get this amount of juniors into a tournament ever. Maybe, I mean, like Osprey and um, I can't remember who the junior was in the G1 last year. Shingo. Osprey, Shingo. And well, he, he officially moved up to heavyweight, though, didn't he? Not long after. And so was Osprey since. But Osprey was the first junior to have a serious run in the G1 since Bauer. Uh, well, Prince Devitt back in, what, 2014, 2013? So it's like, it just doesn't happen. It's seven or eight years. And the guy before that was Liger, and they were trying to push Liger as a heavyweight. It just didn't work. So like, this is unheard of. This is unprecedented New Japan stuff. And it's been done really, really well. And it all bails, boils down to the fact they haven't got the guys that they need to do the job with. So first of all, Yoshihashi took on Bushi at Kurokan Hall with zero people in attendance. Bad times. 10 minutes and 22 seconds of a perfectly reasonable match. And Yoshihashi, Yoshihashi himself towards the end and tweaked his knee on his finisher. This was, I, I, it kind of all molded into one. I was kind of like, I was talking with, with Sai Heath, uh, Sai Heath uh, last night on Facebook whilst, we would watch, whilst I was watching it. And it, it was like, Yoshihashi Bushi. Bushi Hashi. Yoshi Bushi Hashi. Um, 
and we we did a load of name puns, which I'll read out to you later. Uh, but what did you think of this one, John? Yeah, this was all right. I was pulling for Bushi because I always will do, but they formed a nice story through this, either intentionally or not. I know Yoshihashi's injured now, so I'm going to guess it was accidental. But, yeah, the from Yoshihashi sort of dominating early on to Bushi being Bushi and exploiting a, a weakness, it just, it felt like a match you'd expect between a junior and a heavyweight, with the junior yeah. sort of working to compensate. Yeah, and yeah, I, and it's the right result. But, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Yes. But... <laughs> it's, it's, it's the traditional New Japan junior versus heavy, except for these are both two indiscriminate people in their division, which they sh- neither of them should be by now. They should have got something for themselves, and Bushi more so than Yoshihashi. Yoshihashi's all right. You know, but he's only ever going to be all right. Bushi's got something special, and they never seem to quite, apart from one run of the junior heavyweight championship, they never quite seem to capture the essence of what Bushi's there for. And I don't quite understand it why he is bigger than he is. But again, it boils down to the they had Osprey, and now we've got Hiromu back, and we've got Ryu Lee. What, why do they need anyone else? You know, it's it, it's tricky to build people, and they've got Ishimori, and there's all these and Kanemaru, and all these great junior heavyweights they've managed to pick up in the last five or six years. So I was just, just waiting for a poison mist that never came. Because <laughs> I was like, right, okay, Yoshihashi looks like he's about to win, but it's all right. Bushi's got the mist. Bushi's got the mist. Where's the, where's the mist? And I keep thinking, maybe they're, they're using it for health concerns, but then I watched a H2O show yesterday and they were spitting alcohol in, people, in their, like, their opponent's face like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> I was just kind of like, you can tell where the health concerns lie. <laughs> okay then next match was actually very good Sonada defeated Sho in 14 minutes and 43 seconds of an exceptionally high quality match this is the kind of match that you really need for Sho to showcase the fact he can challenge a heavyweight for the never open weight championship which he did do later on in the tour so Sonada and Sho is, it's, it really works well I would have to say. And uh, this was really, really cool. I, I like these two together, and I'd like to see more of these two get together. And if Show offends Takagi, maybe we will. But this is the kind of opponent Show Sonata really shines with, someone he can go with and be a proper heel with, because that's not happened for him as of late. But I really like this match. I thought it was really cool. And Show really turned it on. Uh, Yo, unfortunately, has torn his ACL. And we'll be out for a while. So obviously that ends their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team run. Um, and Show has kind of moved on to different things. So we'll have to see, I guess, with what happened with Yo, which I'm really unhappy about because Yo's great and I think he's going to be fantastic. But Show is the one is the money of the team at the moment. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, this was a great match. I've, As you said, I've not seen Sonata act like this in a while. So it was kind of refreshing seeing him be a bit of a dick instead of, just being trying to be Okada 2.0. It was really interesting to watch Shaw sort of try to prove he's more than just a bruiser as well. Yeah. I think that's all I can really add to it. You kind of summed it up nicely enough. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, it did what it's supposed to, which is get Shaw over as someone who can handle a heavyweight well. Not quite there yet, so it kind of gives Shingo some hope. But Shingo's kind of on a down run at the minute, so that gives Show some hope. 
So you're going into this match genuinely not knowing who's going to win, which is what a championship match should be like. So we'll I've see. just noticed something really funny. What's that? Because I've got the uh, like the New Japan 1972 page open for the results, and it says third math, 30 minutes limit. Sorry? Because <laughs> I've got... They've misspelled match, so it says third uh-huh. math. Oh, dear. <laughs> I love spotting things like that. It just makes me laugh. I just okay. completely derailed things with that. <laughs> Next up was Tai Chi versus Kota Ibushi in a tag match in search of some more partners, essentially. This was an inf- interference-strewn mess from beginning to end. Thoroughly entertaining, though. It's actually the kind of time the Tai Chi match I can watch because it's not just him to be worried about. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. accompanied Tai Chi. Hiroshi Tanahashi accompanied Kota Ibushi. Quite clearly, a tag match is due for the IWGP Heavyweight Championships. At some point, I'm saying Dominion, and these two clobbered the hell out of each other in the process. Uh, so about the most entertaining Tai Chi match I've seen in quite some time. Uh, your thoughts, John? Big match Tai Chi. It was big match Tai Chi. Because if he gets in the ring with another heavy hitter, then he always turns it up. It's like even against someone like Goto, he tends to bring some kind of fire with him. So if you give him Bushi, the master of making, like firing people up and pushing people past what they'd normally do, then yeah, big match Tai Chi. And as you said, we had Tanahashi and Sabre Jr. on the uh, outside sort of keeping things moving if it started to grind to a halt a little bit. There was just a perfect sort of balance of character shenanigans, interference, and then just out and out, let's kill each other fests between (laughs) Ibushi and Taichi. It does whet my appetite more for the IWGP Tag Team Championship match than it did for Taichi's run in this tournament, I must admit. Uh, But that was kind of the point of this match, wasn't it? Yeah, this was my favourite match of the night from this show. It was just genuinely fun. And again, it's Tai Chi getting a big win and the Iron Claw returned. Something that they love teasing and barely ever use. The Iron Glove, not the Iron Claw. The Iron Claw was Kerry Von Erich's finisher and the Von Erich family in general. Yeah. Close enough. (laughs) It's because Iron Glove of Doom. The main event for Night 6 was Evil and he defeated a Roki Goto in 18 minutes and 25 seconds. And this was a slight turn of events. It was kind of your standard evil Hiroki Goto match. If you've watched any of the Nova Openweight Championship matches they've had over the last three or four years, it was like that. But what twisted it was the fact that evil kind of stepped up to the plate of Heeldon and used a low blow that was eh, kind of dubious towards the end of this match. It wasn't quite clear cut whether the ref saw it or not. It wasn't really quite clear cut if it was actually a low blow or not. And it set the seeds for what would happen later in the tournament. So this was really good storytelling. Kind of the right winner as well. As much as Goto's won the New Japan Cup enough times and he's not going to get there anytime soon. So I didn't mind him losing this one. But yeah, this was an interesting story being told in this match, which you don't always get with these two because they tend to be big hit merchants. What's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, this this kind of felt like a standard match for the most part. And then all of a sudden, Evil's trying to live up to his name and starts breaking rules and yeah they did it in the sort of diddy didn't he type of way but you you could see in his face he's like something's brewing here evil's 
going evil and I was excited to see what would happen next. Like, this is what gets me. If you've got someone who's always like, well, evil's not always clean. He loves using chairs and things like that. None of L.I.J. are technically faces except Hiromu because nobody can hate Hiromu. But evil here decided, you know what? Goto's kicked the crap out of me. I've kicked the crap out of Goto. This match is going nowhere. I'm taking the easy way out. And it's smart. It's yeah. really smart. How has yeah. nobody else thought of this? Yeah. It's like... I think because it, you always... Like, there's always the code, isn't there, in New Japan? And even LIJ. LIJ are New Japan guys. You only have to look at... Hirona Hiroma was wearing the hard hat in the second round against Yano. It still had a New Japan sticker on it. <laughs> you know they are they are of the system. You know as as much as Bullet Club are the rule breakers, Bad Luck Farley will talk long and hard about how they are products of the system. They are products of New Japan Pro Wrestling. They only have themselves to blame because they caught us so well. That is their theory, and it's the same with Lij. And the reason why is you you don't cheat because it's New Japan. It's it's just the anathema to strong style. That's what you don't do, and that's what makes this work. Evil is going into business for himself. I think the only thing I didn't quite like about this is that they had two sort of screwy finishes as both their semi-main event and the main event. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, because it, it's very un-New Japan-like, but again, they're trying to turn corners quickly, aren't they? And as long as they don't do it too much and hot shot too much, then I think it works. Yeah, I can see that happen. Well, I see that working. Saw it working. Okay, right then. Let's move on to night seven, which was, again, at Currican Hall. With zero people in attendance. (laughs) (laughs) Really bizarre commentary setup for the Japanese commentary, by the way. They've all got a social distance, right? So you have Milano Collection AT at one end, and Anishi at the other end, and then whoever is doing whoever's guesting like Kanemaru or uh, Kanazawa or Yamazaki in the middle on screens but they're at the either end so you can get all four in one shot it's brilliant <laughs> it's and they were all like super passionate still it's like yeah. with Kevin Kelly because he's unfortunately in a studio he just sounds like lonely and sad and then once you've got the because he when I was watching them there was no English for most yeah. So I was just watching with the Japanese commentary, and I'm just kind of like, it sounds so goddamn lively. <laughs> I'm just like, why do why don't all commentary teams sound this happy? Because they've, they've been out of work for six months. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So next matchup was Hiromu Takahashi versus Tomohiro Ishii. In a four and three quarter star from the Observer, 8.71 from the cage match users, easily the match of the tournament so far, if not possibly the match of the tournament. If you want a lesson in how to get somebody over, you watch Tomohiro Ishii in this match. He did everything he normally did, and he nearly killed Tomohiro Takahashi in the process, but he got Takahashi over as someone who can beat a heavyweight, and not just any heavyweight, a serious championship-level former Ring of Honor TV champion, never openweight heavyweight champion. Tomohiro Ishii is a big-name player and has been for a decade. The fact that Takahashi could pin him means much, much more than you think. 
And this was an exceptional professional wrestling match. My only criticism is it should have gone on last. But there we are. There we are. And these are the things that happen. What are your thoughts on this one, John? Yeah, I was confused why this wasn't the main event. It it was amazing. Like, normally when I see people put, like, matches with, like, really high ratings, I'm always dubious of it because I'm kind of like, yeah, they're probably exaggerating. In this case, no. Like, Hiromu Takahashi is, like, a once-in-a-generation talent mm. because he is always willing to adapt to whatever match. He's, like... We say the same thing about Okada because he... His main trait is adaptability. Takahashi is the junior heavyweight version with more insanity and even more creativity. Because Hiromi's beaten three heavyweights, and in each match he's changed his tactics to fit who he's fighting. So with Honma, it was just a Honma match. With Yano, you got the comedy. Then with Ishii, it was just a straight-up fight. Like, Hiromu went slug for slug with Ishii and somehow lived to tell the tale whilst also throwing in some of the more crazy and high-flying stuff when he got the chance to but a lot of the match was just very grounded very physical and very punch slug forearm happy and yeah to see Hiromu win it ultimate way of putting someone over yeah I think I think Takahashi is one of those guys at the minute. There are a few wrestlers that have wrestled with absolute supreme confidence every time they go in the ring. Takahashi's at that level now. Ishii is always at that level, but he's kind of like a special case. Akad is another one of those guys. Osprey last year was, uh, but I'm talking like people like uh, Misawa, Kabashi, uh, Minami Toyota, Aja Kong, Bull Nakano. There's a very rare handful, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, down the years that could really just turn it on with anyone, anytime, any place. And Takashi is one of those guys. I kind of want to throw Jun Akiyama into the mix just because oh, yeah. of DDT work recently. That Yes, he's on holiday at the minute. <laughs> yeah. As I said, if you'd have told me when I was watching DDT that one of my highlights would be Jun Akiyama as a guest star, then I'd have called you mad. But... Yeah, but he's he's one of those guys. He's one of the best tag wrestlers that ever lived, and has done won championships with so many different partners. Right then, I think the moral up. of the story is just Hiromu Takahashi. Please never leave us again. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's down to him though, and he has to be honest. I think he has made himself a bit safer. I think he's made himself unnoticeably safer, which is the uh, the way to be. Right, the next match. Evil defeats Yoshihashi, completing the story by going after Yoshihashi's tweaked knee. And one um, sharpshooter later, or we should say Scorpion Deathlock, because he's, he's Japanese and it's a Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, one Scorpion Deathlock tore the knee up and the referee uh, had to stop the match, which is unusual for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Two minutes. Um, it kind of gets Yoshihashi out of the way so he can recover, to be fair. So if he has got a genuine injury, Sticking in the shot in a scorpion deathlock is not the best way of going about giving him a nice, healthy recuperation, no matter how short he was in it, because actually the scorpions are pretty legitimate move to take, to be honest. But there you go. What's your thoughts on this? Ignoring the multiple chair shots as well. Ignoring it. (laughs) I was leaving that for you. Yeah, Evil just instantly kicked out the knee, grabbed some chairs, wrapped one chair around the knee, and just hammered away. Like he was trying to put a nail through the ring. 
it was almost uncomfortable if I hadn't watched like a sh- an absolute ass ton of death match though. But then to see him suddenly put like the Scorpion Deathlock on as well, I'm like, yeah, he's just legit gonna kill him. And yeah. seeing like Hashi limp away, it's like. I don't. I mean, I don't know if uh, I mean they're talking about it's the end of his career, and it's like, well, why not just pull him then? It's like he's a serious, serious knee injury that's going to end his career. Then surely just pull him and don't put him in a match. Just forfeit and then even moves on. It's like people have been pulled for less. You would have thought so. So it kind of strikes me as like the Yoshihashi story may continue. I don't know. But, you know. He's just going to limp out to the ring, make a save and fall over again. Possibly. I hope not. Crack his skull in the process. No. I think he's just I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with him. But it doesn't seem to me like it is as career-ending as it perhaps could be. But, you know, if it is, I hope it isn't. I hope you wish him a recovery because that's somebody's livelihood and they deserve much better than that. But we'll see, I guess. Well, that and Yoshihashi has a very unique spot in New Japan because he's the punching bag that isn't a young lion. Yeah. Which sounds like I'm being mean, but... You need someone like that in the company, especially since Born Soldier doesn't exist anymore in that form. No. Well, I mean, there is, I mean, I suppose Chase Owens is the other guy. There are a couple of them. Bushy is another one. Um, that just guys that don't get much traction. Having said that, Chase Owens gets more pinfall wins than anybody else in the company. He literally, last year, when they did the maths, Chase had more pinfall victories than any other wrestler, but that's his angle. He can win a match from anywhere, anytime, anyhow, but he never gets the win over the big guys because he hasn't got the complete game that needs to be a New Japan main eventer. That's his story. And Yoshihashi doesn't know. Yoshihashi's story is he's the little ball loser who gets the big big name hometown win. Big match Yoshi. But is that enough of a story now? Have we moved on too much? Plus he's always getting injured and we never see him. Yeah. Unfortunately for him. Like, you can't build a story if the person's not there half the time. (laughs) All right, then. We move on to the next match. There was a big uh, six-man tag match, which ended with Sho challenging Shingo Takagi for the Never Openweight Championship, which will happen at Dominion, we think. Uh, I'm sure Shingo will not back down from a challenger. Noble champion this year's. So we'll see. And also the Sho Shingo Takagi story is just... A brilliant thing and uh, should continue for as long as possible and so I hope it's not just a one match deal and then we move on to Taiji Ishimori who put in a very tidy performance against Kazuchika Okada uh, 16 minutes and 52 seconds Ishimori hung with the big boys for as long as he can with a lot of help from Gedo uh, but Okada businessman like kind of match up wrestling somebody he'd never wrestled before and as we said the great adapter he did an incredible incredible job of getting Taiji Ishimura over as a threat, but it didn't look like too much trouble, which was kind of the idea. What's your thoughts on this one, John? I had a very big problem with this match. What the actual your action itself, great, but you look at Ishimori, he is basically a walking miniature tank. He is <laughs> five foot two of pure muscle and malice. And he shouldn't need help to fight Okada. Like, I'd have rather they they didn't bother with the Bullet Club interference and just had the straight match. Because 
Ishimari is more than capable of hanging with Okada. We've seen him hang with heavyweights in the past, in tag matches, in all sorts. So I'd have preferred it if they just had the straight-up match. Like, I get Bullet Club's going to be Bullet Club, but I'd have rather had Ishimori lose after just a straight-up fight than having to rely on Gado mm. and shenanigans to take control. I suppose it does pay off the start of the match of the opening round where Gado was wrestling Okada. But we'll see. It just kind of felt like a cop out to me because it's like right we don't think Ishimori can credibly take on Okada right bring out Gado yep yep I'm, there we go he's at him right Ishimori now you can now you can fight we've granted you permission to fight I understand what you're saying but also Ishimori and Okada did blow a couple of spots because Ishimori is so short yeah it it was never going to be a perfect match no. and the height differential is slightly uh, troublesome, but yes, because it because it like knocks out a lot of Ishimori's offense. Like the bloody cross just becomes virtually impossible. Um, a lot of his like hurricane runs and stuff have now become really hard because he's got to go an extra like six inches. And so it, it wasn't sloppy by any stretch of the imagination. Two legendary pros putting on a great match is never going to be awful, but there were little bits where it just didn't click in the smoothness. Like even just small stuff like. Drop kicking Ishimori. Normally, Okada lands clear, but he landed on him in midair because like, Ishimori kicked up and bumped for him really well. But of course, he ended up kicking Ishimori, kicking Okada in the leg on the way down. So it's just stuff like that that didn't seem quite as crisp as it should be. But you see, you could have made that into more of the story than just, oh yeah, Gado came along and distracted Okada. I'd rather had, oh yeah, these these two can't fight properly because of height. I I always ragged on WWE for the short guy stuff, but here it makes sense. Why didn't they go for that instead of the Bullet Club interference? Like, oh yeah, Ishimori can't hit his moves because Okada's too tall. Okada can't handle Ishimori as well as he can other opponents because Ishimori's too small. Then you've got this really unique dynamic for a match, which you could have almost leaned into a, a semi- comedic angle as well if you really wanted to push it further rather than just your generic up one of them's got a heel guy in the corner that's ruining everything i don't know i'm just i think i've been watching too much ddt (laughs) well you see the ddt universe has got the advantage of being a little less structured i mean it is very well structured but there's more leeway with what you can do in ddt it's like, no, my luck, if DDT tried to do this much, Ishimori would just be fighting on a step ladder. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, you're about right. I want to see that now. That sounds hilarious. Ishimori on a step ladder. Yeah. yeah. Or still. <laughs> I'm not sure if Taiji would go for that myself. Arnie. He has a sense of humour, but not that much of a sense of humour. Mm-hmm. I mean, he worked for Impact. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love Ishimori and I feel like he got slightly done dirty in this match. <laughs> well, speaking of getting done dirty, I just look remembered the result of the next match as well. Yeah. So then Sonata defeats Tai Chi. 
Oh, God. 22 minutes and 50 seconds. This felt like at least 45 minutes. I didn't like this match, as you can probably imagine. Yeah, it just so slow. It, just it wasn't so great. Slow. It's like, I, these are not perfect opponents to each other. Two people for noted to taking their pace. Larry Zabisco would have thought this was a bit slow, to be honest with you. You know, it was like, stall, and then we'll stall, then we'll do a bit, and then we'll stall. With some more stalling, oh, rest, hold, stall. So, I I won't say it's the worst match. Yeah, it's the worst match of the tournament. I just, just could not get into this at all, because it's two guys who, and to be fair, they're both like King's Road guys. Their styles match. And but it just it just did nothing for me, possibly because it is Tai Chi, which doesn't help. And Sonata's a bit hit and miss for me. And discussions about that this morning online, as always, watching these matches. I, what do we do with Sonata? Where does he go next? Because he's kind of playing to the crowd a little bit now as a babyface, which he needed to, and that made sense in the final match of the tournament, which we'll talk about in a minute. But is he doing it too much? Because he's supposed to be this badass, cool heel, and he just isn't right now. That's my thoughts on it, anyway. But yeah, mm. go on, John. What do you think of this? Um, I'm just going to quote uh, WH Park for a second because I think it perfectly sums up the biggest problem in this match. Tai Chi versus Sonada, Battle of the Post, Noah Exodus, AJPW students, Tai Chi of the Kawada era and Sonada of the Muto era. One didn't even come close to his mentor, the other one is too close to his. Yes, that's that's and- about right. Yeah, this this didn't work. This really didn't work at all. It was it was slow. It was plodding. It was way too methodical. There was no heat to it whatsoever. You could you could kind of tell the result a mile off. And I one thing I'll never understand. Sonada's got a a finisher that keeps people grounded, basically chokes them out, and can sort of just put them away with very little effort. Why does he then... He does what Suzuki does, but he doesn't do... It doesn't have the same rationale as Suzuki. Because yeah. Suzuki puts people in the sleeper, which he can easily transition into the Gotch-style power driver. Whereas Sonata chokes his opponent out, puts them down, plods over to the turnbuckle, and then does a moonsault. I'm just thinking, just, just choke them out. You've yeah. been fighting for... 20 plus minutes just chalk them out or even if you don't choke them out go for a pin instead why do you need the moonsault the moonsault has always annoyed me because it makes no sense in the grand scheme of Sonata's arsenal like he's trying to copy Muta yeah by all means but you don't need the moonsault you are a technical and submission-based wrestler. And you don't need the moonsault. He's not that good at technical submission-based wrestling in comparison to other people on the roster. It's like, oh, t- um, Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. So Zack Sabre Jr. can run rings around Sonata like, as a technical wrestler. And it, like, Sonata's very, very good, but he should be Ricky Steamboat as, you know, as a full-on babyface. The, the only role I could ever see for him is like, should never have turned heel ever. And when he did turn heel, it took him like three years to find the right formula. I always struggle with Sonata because I want to like him. I do. But a lot of the time I watch his matches, I'm just kind of like, why is everyone so high on this guy? Because he, he seemed always destined to almost be the guy. 
to almost be the person you want him to be to almost be the guy that the company wants to take it all and then they sort of just re it's like they stop at the last second and realize no no we don't want this now no and he's not and he's in the wrong faction to get anywhere because nato is always going to be the story in the great division and evil floats up and down, but he's a New Japan guy, and Sonata isn't. He's an he's a all Japan wrestler one guy. You know, he's a he's an outsider, and traditionally, outsiders have not done well. Now that changes. I mean, like Minoru Suzuki has been successful in every promotion he's ever been in, and he was an outsider even when he was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know, it can change, but you don't get that with Sonata. He's he's just not. He's, there's something not quite there. And he seemed to have, when he first came back with first LIJ, the black leather jacket and the mohawk, if he'd stuck with that, I could understand why you want to develop and change. But I think there was a lot more to go in that than the current version of Sonata that we have. Disney Prince Sonata. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean Sonata. Uh... Speaking of pirates, Carrie Sane. Off back to, New- off back to Bushy Road, apparently. Back to Stardom. I'm, I'm not complaining. Don't think I'd she, rather she I'd rather she be happy and be away from Naya Jack. Is, is that too mean? I don't know. No. <laughs> I don't think it's that. It's like she spent most of her, a lot of her running WWE's injured for the lighter style. She's going to New Japan, she's going to WWE to have less injuries. And it's like, Honest to God, Io Shirai bounced around Corican Hall for three years and she didn't have as many injuries as she has done in, in NXT and WWE. So there is literally there is one match where she took a power bomb off the apron and landed on the back of her head. And she was off for a full height. And she was <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. I'm sure I will find out the full story sooner rather than later. But I would guess that she's just she's just sick of the direction. But someone pointed out like they held WrestleMania in Florida with a pirate theme and Carrie Sane wasn't on the show. Yeah, everyone was sort of like, right, if you're going to have a pirate ship in the set, you know what you've got to do. You've got to have the insane elbow off the top of a pirate ship. That is the coolest <laughs> thing you could ever do. And then, no. WWE is like a vacuum cleaner that doesn't work properly because it sucks up all this talent that it thinks looks cool and people love and then it doesn't do the job properly so they eventually just come back out because they're all like why the hell did we ever go there in the first place it's like Carrie Sane had the NXT championship for the shortest period of time and she looked like a a mega star with it and they never did anything she had an amazing feud with Shayna Baszler she had a nice run as the Kabuki Warriors with Asuka because she got to be something different and weirdly sinister Kyrie Sane is amazing like I genuinely love that but then they did nothing Asuka won the women's title and then Sane was either relegated to cannon fodder or a sidekick so I can't blame her for wanting to go back to Stardom to be honest no I can't either and I think you know it will mean an awful lot to Stardom when they fall go back for live because there's so many stories you can tell with her now. You know, who, what faction is she going to be Queen? Is she going to be Queen's Quest? Or you know, there's all sorts of things you could say. And they've had such a rough year 
really in stardom. It's Ugh. a lot of stardom's problems are of their own making, but this year has just been awful for them, and it's not none of their own making. Well, I mean, they they lost one of their top stars, so they do need to like fill that void as quickly as possible. They also lost a locker room leader. You know, uh, Hannah Kimura was what twenty two years old, but she was the person that looked after everybody. She was the person that made sure everybody was welcome. She looked after the foreigners. She was years ahead of her time because she was a second generation wrestler. Her mum did the same things in the stardom locker room when she was a stardom wrestler. She looked after everybody. She was the 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 matriarchal figure for stardom for such a long time and Hannah kind of just slotted into that group. Um, I, I Yeah, I don't like talking about Hannah Kimura because it just makes me so sad. It makes me like, so sad. Uh, if if it hadn't been for COVID, I'd have gone to a stardom show in that yeah. same month because I was planning my trip to Japan. Yeah. It's, so, uh, anywho, sad times. In other, in other words, to break the no swearing rule, fuck COVID and fuck bullying. And yes. fuck you if you think you can bully TV stars. Yes. Thank you. Not. Or anyone, for that matter, to be honest with you. But yes. Yeah. If you if you're an online troll, go away, very very far away. Go back go. to harassing goats under your bridge. Mm. Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, Japanese stars with WWE connections, Evil, uh, whose other half is of course Io Shirai, current NXT Women's Champion. That is such an odd couple, isn't it? <laughs> Not really. No, I don't. Think so. I just love the fact that they're both currently heels. It, it can't, it... It's it's the Akira Hokuto Ken Suzuki Sasaki pairing of the uh, of this this decade. <laughs> That's actually quite a good comparison. <laughs> All right, I'll stop derailing it now. <laughs> okay, so Evil defeated Sonata in twenty minutes and thirteen seconds. In a very good professional wrestling match. This was a lot better, but it was all about the story. It didn't get a big star rating, but it should have done. It wasn't athletic, but it was all about evil being evil, as John said at the beginning of the show. And he didn't really do his tag partner very many favours in this particular match. What's your thoughts on this one? No, this was definitely the evil show. And it was still a good match to watch. It was very... Very tense, very physical, very well. These guys, oops. these guys know each other so well. What are they going to do? How are they going to counter it? And then Evil kicks Sonata in the balls, and it's just like, what? He's just <laughs> kicking his own tag partner in the balls. It's like, yep. And he's hit him with a chair, and he's kicked him in the balls again, and he wins. And it's like, now I can't, I can't tell if Evil's just doing this for the sake of the tournament or if he's. Determined to burn every bridge in Lij, because if he got if he if he beats who won the second semi-final match and then does this shtick with Naito, what happens then? It's it's all so interesting. It's like Evil's trying to break out on his own almost because he's like, right, I'm being held back by this. Oh, Sonata, yep, you're the one that's always considered ahead of me. Dumpf. Enjoy being infertile. <laughs> Big <grin. laughs> I, I yeah. love this. It's it was, it was jealousy written in a twenty minute 
work of art. It was outstanding. And I don't I don't understand why it hasn't got higher grades. I mean, this is the thing Sonata should be doing. He shouldn't be having ball fest with Tai Chi. He should be having great wrestling matches with Evil to tell a story. Because it's actually what Sonata's really good at. But he doesn't really get a chance to do that very often. And you could see the sort of... Sometimes Sonata sh- sucks at selling. Here he was really good at selling the confusion as, as stuff kept getting like more escalated. He's like, why, why are you doing this? He's sort of looking evil. He's like, you're out to hurt me here, aren't you? So obviously he ramps it up. Evil ramps it up further. And then at the end, evil doesn't even bother to check on him. It's it's all very interesting. Yes, it's it's telling a story. And, you know, well, we'll get to see what happens in the final next week on Friday, isn't it? I believe. And then the main events on set is on Saturday. So lots of yeah. questions to be answered indeed ah, but the main event of that particular evening the five time IWGP heavyweight champion wrestled Hiromu Takahashi the current IWGP junior heavyweight champion 27 minutes Takahashi went toe to toe with Okada and lost by referee's decision he didn't quit he lost by referee's decision so that was outstanding work and I absolutely adored this match it's like the best this Actually, I, mm, I think the ECE one was better because he set up Takahashi for this match. Uh, cage match users give it 8.38. Completely agree with that. Those guys were on the ball with this. This was outstanding. What's your thoughts on this, John? Yeah, this, this was great. Take everything about the ECE match, but switch out ECE for Okada, and you had Takahashi willing to play Okada's match, willing to step up to play Okada's match. And yeah. Much like the last time, Takahashi kept it fairly grounded, but knew when to ramp it up to sort of stop it from dragging along its runtime. It's it's one of those matches I'm conflicted on, because I loved it, and I love both guys in it, but I think the wrong person won. Because if they're trying to build Takahashi as a megastar, then I think you should have beaten Okada. And then you've got this really sort of weird triangle for who fights I, Naito. I understand what you're saying. However, I think they're saving it for something bigger. I think they save it for the anniversary show next year if 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 uh, Naito keeps the belt at Wrestle Kingdom. Because then you've got a whole year's other story out of it that gets you to Dominion. Whereas if Okada, I don't think Okada has to win this tournament. And I genuinely don't know who's going to win this tournament because uh, Evil could beat Akada and really set, set him up as a main event player or have a Sonata style run last year, which is probably what's going to happen, where he can just get there every once in a while, but he doesn't have to do it all. He can't do it all the time. Or, But I'm not sure they want Akada versus NATO again so soon after Wrestle Kingdom, but they might do because it's the biggest match in the company. You know, and, and sometimes they do make plans that seem that are a bit short term. I mean, like Kenny Omega was saying when he won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, he kind of assumed he was going to have a tag run for a while. Um, but and he bulked up to, to have the Golden Lovers run, but they didn't do it, and they ended up putting him up against Okada because, to be honest, I think they were kind of fearful it was going to leave New Japan, and to, to be fair, they were right, so they got the best out of them while they could. Um, so I don't think they want Okada versus NATO yet. 
is what I'm thinking. And I think Evil versus Noto is a more interesting story now at the moment. This is Dominion's as big a card as Wrestle Kingdom. That's why they're trying to make it. So you do want the Okada versus Nato. But Evil versus Nato is a better match right now, in my opinion. Not that Okada's a bad wrestler, but we've already seen it once. And this is a different set of circumstances. But again, if Nato beats Okada twice in two big matchups, that cements him as an all-time great. Well, there's all sorts of things you can do with this, but NATO isn't losing this match, but it's how he goes about winning is the story. I think if Okada wins, it's going to be a bit of a, the tournament. It's going to be a bit of an eye-roll move because it's like, oh, of course they picked Okada. It's always got to be Okada. Because a lot of wrestling fans, myself included, are cynics. <laughs> Naturally cynical. <laughs> so it's like, yep, they picked Okada again. Nobody is surprised. Then again, Evil vs. Okada, last, the last time they faced off was an upset. So it's not out the realm of possibility that Evil kicks Okada in the balls and wins again. And honestly, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah. It's, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, it's one of those, like, the main event of this tournament is one of those things I genuinely don't know what's going to happen. And that's the way wrestling should be. It's, it's creative, it's proper wrestling in my book, if that makes sense. It's something New Japan's always good at because yeah. everyone is built up to be equals, in a way. Yeah. Anyone because... on any given day. Even Yoshihashi can beat Okada if he gets everything in the right order and the stars align, he can beat Okada. Maybe. It's like you could have said that like, oh yeah, Ishimari and Naito are going to be the main event of Dominion. And everyone will sort of look at it, it's like, well, Ishimori's not got a chance, and then New Japan will bloody put this short run of matches on, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, Ishimori could actually win. Mm. It's, it's something they're good at doing, and here, Evil feels like a credible threat. He's more motivated than ever, more evil than ever. It's... There's a lot running behind him, whereas Okada's kind of Okada and running on the fact that he's Okada. Look at my glow-in-the-dark jacket. I've just put down the hottest guy in the tournament. And, yeah, I'm Okada. It's it's interesting to look at the dynamic, because you've got the person who's always viewed as the top spot and the person who's kind of forced his way into the top spot. And yeah. Night or kind of looking over the top of this tournament, rubbing his hands with glee. Yeah, because it is the classic story of they've knackered each other out for the last three weeks, and then he gets to pick the bones of whoever challenges him. You know, this is that's what makes... And he's kind of the opportunist that way. I mean, he was not the favourite going into Wrestle Kingdom weekend. He didn't have a championship. He was the guy who was on a losing streak, going in, well, I will say losing streak, but he hadn't had the best run into Wrestle Kingdom. And he ends up with both belts by the end of Wrestle Kingdom. You know, so that's kind of the opportunist NATO, the guy who picks his spot. That's the guy we're looking at right now. And that's going to be the story of this championship. It isn't quite a heel thing to do because they still want him to be popular, but it is kind of a heelish thing to do. You know, WWE talks about like writing shades of gray for their wrestlers and they never do because they don't know how. NATO is a shades of gray wrestler. And you know, he's popular, but he's a heel. He's a bad guy, but he wants to be respected. There's all sorts of going things going on with NATO that you just don't 
get in any other wrestler on the planet. Right then. I'm interested to see if Evil somehow burns the bridges of L.I.J. That's kind of my big hook in all this. I want to see Evil versus Naito because I want to see what Evil does and how he reacts when it's all over. Yeah. Yeah, this is the thing. And will there be, like, if if he beats Okada, will there be a roll call at the end of the night? You know, that's the key thing, isn't it? You know, you know, Sonada's probably, Sonada and Takahashi and Chingo have kind of put it behind, on Bushy, have all probably put it behind them by now. But will Evil let things lie? And, you know, there's been Evil, Evil versus NATO has been the one matchup in LIJ's history that's always caused tension in the G1. Or if there's been like championship matches in the past where somebody's qualified for a championship, there's always been tension. And Evil is the one most likely to break away, I think, in the story. Also deliciously tense. Mm. We shall see what happens. And that's next Friday. And then on Saturday is Dominion at Osaka Joe Hall. The, my favourite venue in Japan, just because the name is Osaka Joe Hall. It's a brilliant name that you can really put some throaty meatiness behind. Um, but yes, and that will be the winner of the New Japan Cup, who was crowned on the Friday, versus Tetsuya Nato for the double championship, IWGP, Intercontinental and Heavyweight Championships in Osaka Joe Hall. You've also got the Tag Team Championships, which is uh, Dangerous Techers versus Tanahashi and Ibushi, or Golden Ace, that's it, that's the one. IWGP, uh, sorry, Never Openweight Championship, Shingo Takagi versus Show, and probably other championship matches by then anyway as well, so we'll see what happens. But it's going to be a good weekend wrestling next weekend. Thank you very much for joining me today, John. Uh, thank you for having me. Where can we find you on your social media, sir? Well, you'll find me at John Deathman on Twitter. That is kind of the gateway to everything else you could ever possibly need, my writings, my ramblings my other ramblings I, I don't know just twitter twitter has everything okay and you can find the show at troopany show on twitter you can find us on the troopany show on patreon and troopany show on facebook if you use patreon you can keep the troopany show free forever for everyone and you can also find us on uh well you can talk to our sponsors that'd be empire in <laughs> empire wrestling magazine and of course powerslam.tv where you can get a free month when you use the code Mullet Watch. Next week is the exciting conclusion of the New Japan Cup and the main event of Dominion, which happens on the Saturday, which means I can watch it and we can podcast on Sunday and let you all know about it. Take care and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.